goodness is one of those fruits of the Spirit that doesn't get a lot of love or attention. I've often prayed for more love or for more joy or peace or patience. I've never prayed for or given much attention to the fruit of goodness. In fact, when I began writing this message, I started with a blank sheet of paper and didn't know exactly what I was going to say. And honestly, I can't ever remember hearing a fellow Christian talk about or pray for this fruit of goodness. It seems to be one of those lesser known fruits that kind of is hiding in the back of the list. And yet Paul lists goodness as this essential ingredient or quality of a spirit-filled life. When we uh, often talk about people who are good, what are we saying? We say we had a good parent or We might say she was a good principal or a teacher. If we're fortunate, we might say, wow, she's a really good boss, or he's a good coworker, or maybe that person's a really good doctor. Um, Hopefully, you've had some good pastors in your life. I hope that our church is a good church that helps you. I voted early last week and looked at the ballot for president and thought, where are the good choices? Are these the ones we've got? I don't think I'm alone in, um, in feeling that way. We sadly don't see a whole lot of goodness in a lot of our leaders these days. What are we saying when we say so-and-so was a good friend or so-and-so was a good coworker or a teacher or a doctor or a neighbor? I think we're speaking beyond their competence. Sure, they might be good technically at their job or in their function or their role, but I know a lot of people who are technical experts in their job, uh, but they're jerks and no one would call them good. Um, Have you ever visited a top tier doctor only to find out they lack bedside manners? Um, They may have the best surgical hands and mind, but no one says they're a good doctor. Um, I think what we're highlighting when we call someone good is that there's something internal in them that goes above and beyond. There's this kind of integrity, there's a a lack of deceit, there's an unselfishness. Uh, They might be average and and competent, maybe as an employee, but they carry themselves and they treat others in a way that is kind of more than usual, kind of more than expected, kind of above and beyond. And we just say they're just plain old good. Now, Jesus told a fascinating parable in Matthew 20 about the kingdom of heaven. I want to read it to you. He said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he And to them, he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one's hired us. So he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. 
And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of our Lord. Now, uh, check this out. Uh, this is really amazing. My kids, when they tell me something cool, they, they have started to say, Daddy, Daddy, I'm going to blow your mind. And it's kind of crazy that my kids are now in that stage of talking. Um, so get ready. This is going to, in their words, blow your mind. In Galatians 5, verse 22, when Paul lists out the fruit of the Spirit, he uses the Greek word uh, agathos when he says goodness, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, agathos, goodness. Now, I want to highlight that next to last line in Jesus' parable where he says, or do you begrudge me for my generosity? Now, what Greek word do you think Jesus used for the word generosity there in Matthew 20? Go ahead. Take a guess. I'll wait. Yeah, he, he used the same word Agathos, right? The same word that Paul uses for goodness in Galatians 5, Jesus uses for generosity in Matthew 20. And this is so helpful. Um, when you say, you know, so-and-so is a good friend or a good teacher or a good neighbor or a good doctor or a good pastor or a good spouse or a good child, um, aren't you trying to like touch on the fact that on this like primal internal level, they're not just competent, they're generous. They're unselfish with their time. They're generous to you and they see that you're in need. Uh, they're generous in that they go above and beyond um, the black and white job description. Um, your good doctor is generous because uh, they give you extra time and attention when they see you. Right? The, the next time you call someone good or you notice the goodness in someone else, kind of step back and evaluate the, the generosity that is on display. When, when someone's a good friend to you, note the generosity, um, the, the, the agathos that is blessing you. Now, most translations will translate Jesus here as generous, right? Specifically, the ESV, the Amplified, the Message, the NIV. Uh, but the King James Version uh, translate it, translates it as, is your eye evil because I am, they don't say generous, they say good. And the NLT translates it, should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So hopefully that gives you a, a bigger picture of the word goodness, and it makes it kind of less obscure and opaque. Um, agathos is goodness, it's generosity, it's kindness towards others. Uh, this goodness, this agathos, this generosity, is who God is. We see this pattern in the Old Testament, um, in Hebrew, and the word is different in Hebrew, but it's the equivalent. Uh, for example, in Psalms 136, like we looked at um, with kindness, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, right? For his steadfast love or his loving kindness endures forever. And in Psalms 23 in verse six, David says, surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 23 is about the generosity of God protecting us and his kindness protecting us. In Exodus 33, verse 19, uh, when Moses asked to see God's glory, God said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you. In Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph told his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today, right? And so the saying is cliche because it's true. God is good. And all the time, God is good, right? It's who he is. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't understand it, God is good. Even when the election ballot isn't good, God is good. Even when it feels like we're actually two divided nations fighting against each other in one United States, even then, even in this moment right now, even days before probably the craziest election we've ever seen, God is good. He is agathos. He is generous. He is kind. I have a feeling we might need to be leaning on Genesis 50 and, and Joseph's disposition towards his brothers in the coming days and weeks and months and years. What others intend for evil, God turns around for good. It's who he is. It's what he does. That is the pattern in his history and his track record. It seems to be God's hobby. He turns bad things into good things. He turns um, brokenness um, into whole things. He, he creates beauty out of ashes. That's what he does. God is good. And Jesus is God walking around in sandals, literally. When Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius in Acts 10, 38, he says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In other words, the goodness of God was on display in Jesus everywhere he went. And catch this, because God was with him. And that, that promise is for you right now. When we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit or even growing in spiritual maturity, one of the dangers that we can subtly fall into is believing that it is actually us producing these things. And again, I just wanna emphasize and clarify, goodness, generosity, agathos doesn't come because we decide to have more of it or because we can muster up the ability to do good or to do lots of good or to have good or to have a lot of agathos. Just like Jesus, goodness comes about in our practical life and actions with others when, as Peter described, God is with us or when God is inside of us. Goodness comes from having God's life within us. You can't white-knuckle agathos. But what you can do, as we've been saying for weeks now, what you can do is you can surrender. You can surrender to God. You can ask for more of the Holy Spirit. You can pray for more of the Holy Spirit. You can say, come Holy Spirit, every morning. You can welcome him into your life every day, every hour, morning, noon, and night, in ever-increasing ways. You can assume the posture of John the Baptist who says, he must increase, I must decrease. That's what you can do. Right? You can't um, grow the fruit, uh, but you can, in some ways, cultivate and then simply bear it. Simply hold it. Simply hang on to the fruit that he grows in your life. Now, at the cross of Christ, 
the goodness of God was on display. Jesus bled the blood of Agathos, literally. Uh, what the Pharisees and teachers of the law meant for evil, God meant for good for you and for me. It is God's goodness that overcame human and satanic evil on the cross. The cross of Christ is the ultimate expression of the goodness of God. In fact, God's goodness um, overcoming evil is the main theme of the Bible from cover to cover. This is the narrative of the scriptures that we have sinned, but it's God's goodness that saves. It is God's goodness, his generosity, his agathos that saves us from our sin and from the evil situations that we're in. John three sixteen: for God so loved the world, he gave. He was generous. His, his goodness, his agathos was moved into practical action towards you and towards me. If you've not received the goodness of God in your life and you want to surrender to him, I want to encourage you to do that. Give your life to God. Welcome his life and his spirit into your life. Surrender to him. And if you need someone to talk to or to pray with and figure that out, we would love to help you. Um, please reach out to us. We'll have an email on the screen. Please reach out to us. We would love to um, walk with you and pray for you in this journey of giving your life to Christ. If you're already following Jesus, uh, two questions that I have for you are this. First, where do you simply need to open your hands and ask and receive more of the goodness and generosity and the agathos of God? Where do you need God's agathos? Do you need it like tangibly in your finances? Do you need it tangibly um, just in how you think about yourself and how you treat yourself? You know, are you generous towards yourself as God is generous towards you? You know, we're often hard on ourselves and we, we beat ourselves up sometimes and, and God's not like that. He is so generous towards you. He is so kind and merciful towards you. And often uh, we need to receive that and remind ourselves, where in your life do you need the generosity of God? Where do you need his agathos? The second question is to kind of turn that around horizontally to others is, are there people in your life, and the answer is yes, who need to experience the generosity of God through you. They need to experience the agathos of God, the goodness of God through you. They, their life and their trajectory would change in this global pandemic, in this divided time, if when they rub up against you, what they experience is the fruit of the Spirit. What they experience is the agathos, the goodness, the generosity of God coming out of you, from God, in you, through you to other people. Do you have eyes for that? You know, my concern is in the midst of all the disruption, in the midst of the changing world, and in the midst of the division and the heartache and the hour by hour by hour trauma and bad news that we're exposed to, often in real time and in 4K HD, it's easy to lose sight that God has placed His Spirit in us and we are called to be salt and light in the world. We are called to be a city on the hill. We are called to exude the goodness, the agathos, the generosity of God to others. And in times of disruption, we can often become isolated and we can become inward and we can become insulated and like just think about ourselves, which is totally kind of a natural human thing. That's the point. But what we need more than ever, friends, is the Holy Spirit of God to have more real estate in our lives. 
so that we might be who he's called us to be, his kids, his agents of the kingdom of God, his, his agents of reconciliation, his agents, uh, his citizens of the kingdom of heaven, walking around giving agathos to everybody, not because we muster it up, but because we receive it from him. Freely we receive, freely we will give. We give that to the world. That's my prayer for you. It's my prayer for me. As we enter in November, as we enter into the tail end of 2020, a crazy year, as I'm sure things will get crazier. Oh, how we need the goodness of God and how we have this opportunity to give that generosity, that agathos to a hurting and dying world. Let's pray. Father, help us to receive this goodness and generosity you have towards towards us. Um, If there's anything that's getting in the way, whether that's shame or fear or our doubt or our questions, I pray that you just overcome that. Uh, Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't understand, God, we give you permission to just override all of those things and overwhelm us with your goodness, with your generosity. Or give us fresh eyes to see just how generous you are towards us. And God, I pray you would make us generous people, make us just like you, not just in terms of money, including that, but in in every way, with our time, with our prayers, with our thoughts, with our creativity, with our skills, with with the things you've blessed us with. Lord, help us to maintain an open-handed posture on every capital that you have put in our life, every strength, every resource you put in our life, Lord. Lord, help us to not be stingy, but help us to be like you in that parable who generously gives to all. We love you, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for loving us so much that you gave. Help us to be like you. Grow more of your spirit in us. Come Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.